Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Broja. What's poppin'? Welcome back to the best fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself. I got my guys with me, the guru, Young Vander. Holler at your people. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And good people, holler at Joe, holler at the people. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have an excellent show in store for you today, your news and notes that you can use. And then we are going to teach you how to maximize your rookie and dynasty drafts this week. We know we have the NFL draft coming up in a day or so. So we're going to get you ready for what will be a lively weekend for many. Some of you may not have your rookie drafts to next weekend or a little bit further down the line, but we do want to make sure that you are prepared for that. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. So the domino that everybody was waiting on has finally fallen. Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet, and we can kind of figure out where all these other pieces are going to fit in now. I know it wasn't exactly on the timeline that most of us kind of had in mind, but how do you guys feel about this uh, Rodgers to the Jets situation now that it's finally happened? I know the draft compensation ended up being a first-round swap. They swapped the 13th and the 15th pick now. Green Bay, Green Bay has picked 13 and the Jets have picked 15. The Jets also gave up an additional second rounder this year. And what will turn into a first rounder next year, as long as Rodgers doesn't get hurt, basically, he has a complete 65% of his games. The only way you don't do that is if you get hurt, significant injury. Essentially, a first round pick, a second round pick, and then they swapped first this year and they also swapped the fifth for six all in all they gave up a first and a six for rogers well i think that the jets got a good deal in my opinion i mean think about some of the asking prices we've been hearing about when it comes to rogers right so essentially you got him for I guess a second a, a two seconds and one that could turn to a first I think that's a pretty good deal for a four-time mvp who's only what one year removed from an MVP season, a back-to-back MVP season. So I think it's a great deal. You still have Wilson in the wings. He gets to watch him for a year and maybe learn a lot of things. I also think that um, the Jets is, is a team to watch. The defense is already pretty decent. Defense have kept them in a lot of games this past year. And I think the addition of a Rodgers can take this team to new heights. He has a plethora of weapons waiting, you know, waiting for him. Second-year receiver in Wilson. You got Lazar came through. Brees Hall coming back. This is, this is a really good team. I, I think the uh, sky's the limit. This is a playoff team. The main thing, they stay in the first round. Like, going from, what, 13 to 16? It's so much value there, especially defensively. You're talking about somebody to continue to build and through the draft, continue to add pieces. Shoot, you can get you one of the best tackles around that uh, part of the draft, too. So I think that's, again, win-win. I think Rodgers might stay two or three years there with all the weapons they got. And that's my only issue with the whole situation. You just gave up what's tantamount to a first-round pick plus for a guy that doesn't have to be there but for one year. A guy that's 40 years old and was non-committal on whether or not his career was going to even continue. Why not upgrade that second pick to another first and get a guy that should be in the game for another 10, 15 years with Lamar? That's how I would look at it. Granted, Rodgers has his accolades and all that kind of good stuff, but I don't know. That's a pri- that's a premium price to pay for what's going to be tantamount to a two-year rental. You gave up a first-round pick for, for a rental, in, in my humble opinion. So I don't really like – I mean, it's they had question. to do what they had to do. That's your question. If they win the Super Bowl, was it worth it? Absolutely. All right, then. So I I don't see them being in contention to win the Super Bowl. They they are very much 
a contender more than any other time that I've been watching football and the Jets been in. I agree with that. <laughs> I do agree with that. <laughs> You're not wrong. This is about the best since Joe Namath, basically. Right. I mean, I come mean, on. So, yeah, I, I do agree with that part. But the thing about it is I'm looking at all the teams currently in the AFC, and I still don't see the Jets being better than, like, three of them. I still don't see them being as good as the Buffalo Bills or – if this trade goes through that we that uh, we'll talk about here in a second with Dalvin Cook wanting to be in Miami and Miami wanting Dalvin Cook, I don't even think they're the second best team in the AFC. Let me ask you a question: Who has the better defense, the Jets or Buffalo? Let with me help the, you. The Jets without Von Miller, without Von Miller, don't matter. Jets. With Von they, Miller, they, the, they, the defense they, is a pretty complicated. They just lost their Pro Bowls linebacker. They're losing they lost, guys. Which, in, which, which, which linebacker? Edmonds. Edmonds. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They, gotcha. They, they've been losing guys in the secondary. My, Miami just picked up Ramsey. Okay. Xavier Howard is now their number two corner. Like, I don't even think, Miami got a squad, I don't, bro. I don't even <laughs> see Xavier Howard being there. I think he's going to be a part of a deal. You don't think so? No. Because, okay. I mean, if you're bringing in Dalvin Cook, who somebody got to go eventually. Like, nah, I, nah. I could very well see Xavier Howard I don't, being I don't see there. I don't see them paying Cook that, all that much. He, he'll get the, about the same kind of a deal that most of the other running backs got. Or, or he would have just stayed with the Vikings if he was going to take a pay cut. It, well, he's still under contract right now, so it's not like they're going to just, you know, he's not a free agent. So this, bringing this him in. This is the last year of his contract, right? He's, he's going into the last year of his current contract on the league. Then he just recently signed a deal within the last couple of years. I think it was for a couple of years, though. So it's either – I think – I, I want to say he's going in two years last year. And at the same time, you still got two wet quarterback who's a thump away from being out for the season. Like, that I agree with. So, now, I mean – with that situation, it's going to be barring health. With a healthy Tua, Miami's better than the Jets, honestly. Negative. With, with Rodgers, it's going to take him a little bit of time to acclimate. Roster, top to bottom, how, how is Miami not on par with the Jets? With a healthy tool. I just don't see it. We got to remember, not to cut you off, Van, DJ Reed and uh, Austin right. Charles Gardner are two of the top DBs. Right. Reed played phenomenal. I'm not surprised he was the top seven. Two of the top two DBs, too. I mean, That's like, cool, but the Jets, I mean. I'm just saying, it. they're right there with each other. That's all check, I'm saying. Check, like, check this out. They, they played twice this year, right? Mm-hmm. The Jets blew them out one game, and then the second game, it was an 11-6 ball game. That's what I'm saying. And that's with what they have right now. That was what, what they had. Now they're adding Rodgers to that. I don't so think you, the Dolphins better than the Jets. You add more to the running game, and you add more to the secondary with Miami. All I'm saying is they weren't that far away from each other last year, and with with, with the work that both have done this offseason, I don't see Aaron Rodgers just being this is a quarter. This is a quarterback and, game. Give me the better quarterback. I, I get that. I get that. But <laughs> what I'm saying is I don't see Aaron Rodgers just still being the guy that people remember How? from years ago. But this is my thing, right? I don't understand people say that. He just won the MVP the year before. Y'all act like this was light years ago. It was just the year before. Like, it's not that long ago. Like, I don't understand people say, well, I don't see the old Rodgers. It was just a year before. It wasn't light years ago. Son. It was a year before. And he I get it was back to back. I get that, too. <laughs> so, in the last three years, too. in the last three years, he won two. It's not a long go. That's fine. The difference for me is I don't see this as being a continuation. I see this as starting over for him. I, I don't see him being as good as what he was with Green Bay for a year and a half, two years. The receiver that he had in Green Bay is as good as Wilson is going into his sophomore year. He ain't Devontae. I mean, I, I don't see – well, Adam Lazard is the same as Adam Lazard was when he was in Green Bay. He's still, yeah, but he, you know, don't have to be, he don't have to be Devontae. That boy about to take off. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not saying he's not – don't hear what I'm not saying. I, I'm not poo-pooing Wilson. But I, I don't see Rodgers being as good in the new environment as he was in the previous, if not for anything more than the fact that they it's going to take a little bit of time for them to kind of get to know each other a little bit. Hell, the same issues that he had for most of the season last year is what I expect him to have for most of the season this year. When have Rodgers ever been bad? That's my question. I'm not, for, for fantasy, he wasn't good last year. And it's going to be more of the same. He still has to acclimate to his new players, the same as he did last year when he was complaining about the young pups. But what you think you got going into this situation? More young pups. He got better saying, young pups. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. But it's, it's still, <laughs> they still have to acclimate to each other. That's all I'm saying. Man, this is football. They get it together. This is the, this is one of the goats. 
You know what I'm saying? This is we thought top. that last year in Green Bay. It didn't quite work out that way. That's all I'm saying. I, I just feel like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson aren't the household names you want to kind of sell that that statement to. You know what I mean? Like they're they're gonna but be Hartman possibly is. Wilson is a stud, but who's the number two guy? I mean, between I was just got Galazar, you got Wilson. That's the same dude that was in Co- Green Bay when they couldn't get their shit together. So I mean you still I, got I, I was, uh, what Corey over there. He got to me Corey Davis just, is there. He got I thought he was I'm quite I think they might yeah. add somebody in the draft. What if they go? What if we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow? What if they go true, and true, add true. a receiver in the draft? What if they go get okay. J? What if they go get JSN? Don't forget these boys still got a high draft pick now. Don't I, get I, it twisted. But, but no matter who they get, <laughs> there's okay. it's still gonna be a filling out period. I'd rather fill it out with Rogers. I tell you that if I'm gonna fill no, it out, <laughs> I feel you on that. But what happens if Rogers decide based on this year of filling out period that he don't want to be there no more? Like that's all I'm looking at. Man, I ain't, I ain't thinking I, about I that. I paid that price for, for what's going to amount to two years at the most. I don't see Rodgers renewing his contract. I just see him wanting to get his $60 million for this year and the year after. And I wouldn't have given up a first-round pick for two years of services. I think um, it's worth it. Well, we shall see. If they I don't make it to, you got to minimally make it to the Super Bowl. And, and, well, no, no, no. But, but hold on, though. See, see the, the point that you're missing is it wouldn't have taken you but so much more to have a guy that was going to be around for 10 to 15 years. What like you're who? saying, Lamar. But, but the thing you're missing is you're screaming Lamar, right? They have their first Based round draft pick. Compensation they have their first round pick from this year, sir. Right. I agree. They wouldn't have that if they had Lamar. And th- that's, that's the cool, difference. But but, but the, also the difference is two years down the line, you still have a quarterback versus starting over. Because they have Rogers, the quarterback in the wings with Zach. They still got Zach Wilson. Oh, that's no. the quarterback. He ain't it. But <laughs> I, I mean, you could say what you want, but he's the guy still waiting in the wings that they have yeah. invested yeah. in. So they and still that's have. That's the problem. Maybe so, but I'm, uh, give me Rogers. I'm just that's all I'm saying. I think this is a, a sweet deal because what the Packers was asking for when this news first broke was crazy. They wanted a couple first round picks. I think it's a win win for the Jets, man. They got a great hell, the best signal caller in the history of their franchise. <laughs> Come on, man. This do better than Namath. I mean, this is the best signal caller they ever had that put on the Jets uniform. We'll see how much that helps them. Um, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun year. The way it's looking right now, my Patriots may end up being the, a surprise or maybe a laughing stock based on this division taking off. Um, we used to have one of the easiest divisions to play in. Now it's one of the toughest divisions to play in. A little bit more quarterback news. Joe Burrow, his fifth-year option was exercise. They went ahead and locked him up for that fifth year, and they will be having talks as far as contracts are concerned with Burrow. Brock Purdy is out of his elbow brace. Everything is kind of trending in the direction that it needs to be for Brock Purdy to be able to play at some point in time this year. Week one possibility is still there, but it's kind of up in the air. It's now official that Jordan Love is Green Bay's number one guy as far as the signal caller is concerned. How are we feeling about Jordan Love? Is this guy now a sleeper? Do we think that he can tiptoe into the quarterback one, which is like your 10, 11, 12? Or is he going to be a middle of the pack type of a guy? How do we feel about Jordan Love going into his first year of knowing that it's his squad? I don't think he's a QB one, but I I do think he's going to be, he could be viable. I think he can be of value. I think you definitely should go out and get him, especially in a two quarterback league or a flex league. He's definitely a uh, value. I just don't see him being a QB one. They say he's ready. Let's see. I haven't seen a whole lot on him. That could be a plus and a negative. The little bit he did play this past year, he looked actually pretty decent when he came in. Do some pretty good strikes. Look more comfortable than he did in years past. So I think he's definitely more um, comfortable with the offense. But definitely, I think you should go out and get him whether in your dynasty leagues or in a, like I say, in a redraft league where, you know, it's two quarterbacks or a super flex. I think he's a guy you definitely want on your team. But he's definitely not a QB1. Let me ask both of you this. Do we think we'll ever see a day in the NFL based upon how quarterbacks like Rodgers, quarterbacks like who else kind of waited in the wings a little bit? There have been a few quarterbacks that have kind of waited in the wings that weren't supposed to be all that great. They ended up being quite a bit better because they had time to kind of sit and learn the offenses before being thrown out there to the wolves. Do you guys think we'll ever see a day in the NFL where that time is kind of built in versus where we gave up X pick for you. So you got to play right now. Cause it seems to me like we, we kind of end up throwing away a few quarterbacks that might've actually turned into something that they just had enough time to develop. Well, the thing you got to realize is this, you got to understand who are the guys getting these, these quarterbacks, the teams that are struggling, they don't have the luxury to sit back and wait. If you got the first pick, second pick in the draft, you're looking for a quarterback, your team's horrible. And more than likely, you're trying to get rid of the quarterback you currently have. The only teams that's able to do this seasoning 
other teams that already have veterans in place, a la Favre, a la Bledsoe, a la Rodgers. Like you have a veteran that's already there, a starter, and you're just getting somebody to come in to take their place when the time comes. But for the guys that's thrown in the fire, they're thrown in the fire for a reason because there's no one there. The draft that's tomorrow, you talk about Young, you talk about Stroud. These guys are going to get thrown in the fire because there's no one there. I feel you on that, but let me. But I guess but then, let, me, let me pose it this way: What if the Jets hadn't done that with Geno Smith? Maybe they actually had a quarterback worth holding on to that was going to be something within a couple of years, and no. he didn't make him so gun shy after year one. Geno just happened to fall at the right place with the right people around him to maximize his uh, skill set. If he'd stayed in New York, Geno wouldn't have been in the league right now. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. What'd you think, Joe? Good I, answer. I, I don't think he'd have been in the league right now. He, Seattle was like a perfect glut. He might have not have had the season he had anywhere else but Seattle last year. That's the fair point to why I think quarterbacks should have more time, especially with spread quarterbacks, because Geno came from uh, West Virginia and they was a spread team. Blaine Gabbert, even though he's a backup now, he, he looked way better as a backup than he did with, with Jackson. <laughs> I mean, um, even with Mahomes uh, even sitting out a year coming from a spread offense, I think it's the repetition. It's just how uh, NFL is operated. Learning the playbook, to your point, the terminology is a lot different from court, uh, from college. These kids should be able to be brought up, and I think it's beneficial to them. But the other side of it is now from seven on sevens and now college, they're kind of preparing them in pro-ready offense. I would prefer a quarterback to sit, but to your point about Jordan Love, I think it really benefited him coming out of Utah to kind of sit and learn the game because he had issues with his throwing motions, mechanics, things of that nature. But you've seen it when he's played one game the year before last. The past game he's played, noticeable difference from 2021 to 2022. And I think he he probably really is ready genuinely. I think he probably fits in, like I said, maybe a, a anywhere from 16 to 18, but who knows who they add tomorrow. What if they get him a tight end? What if they get him a wide receiver early in the draft? He already got the running backs, you know. I think they, they can just put more around him. I think it'll be really good for him and his future. But I like the Geno call out too. Geno wouldn't have been a starter, but I think Geno needed to sit to actually learn for the game to really fall to him and for him to be the player he is now. Joe, I'm going to tell you right now, if they draft a top wide receiver in this draft, I'm going to spit out my beard. That's all Aaron Rodgers been asking for (laughs) his entire career with Green Bay. If they wait, literally, the ink ain't even dry on his new contract, and this is the year they decide to spend their highest pick on a wide receiver, man, look, he going to be punching air. He going to be pissed. I'm telling you right now, it don't even matter that he does. I I can't wait for tomorrow. I got a feeling that this draft is going be like a franchise mode on man it's, it's gonna be lit this is probably one of the deepest drafts i've ever seen bruh it's this... fifth round gems oh, like, yeah. like not ones that are unbeknownst not, nah, not it's ones some that round, fall into. it's some fifth round starters yeah. in this thing, it's, some <laughs> it's some dudes it's some dudes i think two of our rookie drafts are on sunday if i'm not mistaken so we, we get right into it we we can't wait for the draft to roll around but yeah we're going to get a little bit more into that on the back end uh, one other piece of quarterback news tyler huntley went ahead and signed his tender so it looks like the backup quarterback for the ravens is in tow want to parlay that over to the wide receiver news that it looks like lamar's wish list may soon be complete he wanted to have odell beckham he also wanted deandre Hopkins. Right now, the scuttlebutt is it's all but done that Hopkins is going to the Ravens, but it's just a matter of them figuring out the draft compensation, which tells me nine times out of ten, it'll be done probably by the time you hear this because the draft will be over at that point, or the first couple of rounds of the draft at least will be over at that point. So this could be a fast-moving locomotive, if you will. If Lamar gets Beckham and D-Hop, still has Bateman, still has Andrews, still has several running backs. Like, How are we feeling about Baltimore's offense with the plethora of weapons? And who gets hurt the most? It's looking like Andrews may take a, a significant step back in accordance with what we've seen in the past because he's he won't be anywhere close to being the only guy out there anymore. And he was all before. This is, it's interesting. I don't even know. I think if, if D-Hop does get to the Ravens, Bateman can very well be a part of that trade. I'm not sure if they'll keep all three because if they do, who's the slot? D-Hop's going to play in the slot, maybe. 
Oh, that's gonna play in the slot. Like it's it'll be kind of they could kind of move it around. I mean, they, they would be three interchangeable wide receivers pretty much. And I cannot imagine the growth that Bateman would have from being in a locker room with the two of them. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I think Andrews does he may take a step back with the amount of targets, but I still think he'd be the best uh, red zone target on the team. I think his touchdowns will still be – I think he still catch eight balls. I think his floor will still be eight, eight tubs. He probably just have less catches and yards, but he still be – I would still have him as a tight end one, even if D-Hop and Odell on the team. And I've been hearing news about even them bringing in another running back. Don't look for Dobbins to be the guy there. Um, I'm hearing some other names also coming in, uh, playing the running back position. And, I mean, it, it finally, it's good to get Lamar some weapons, even though there's some elder weapons, but they're still good. You know what I mean? So They'll be good for the amount of time that he plans to be there. That's all he's looking at. What you got, Joe? This is a perfect offense if, if they can pull off that D-hop, man. Just being familiar with the coach from, you know, me being a Georgia fan, he does he does everything well. He's had a top five running game, obviously. He's all, he also had the top, you know, passing game in the nation with uh, Bennett this past season. He just does it all. You know, he's, he's definitely one of those great minds in the NFL as far as just knowing his stuff, man. This dude is a genius. The coach is there. If they bring Hopkins, the weapon is going to be there. But to Vander's point, it kind of does lead me a little bit leery about Bateman. Not because of the, the statements he made about DeCostra or anything like that, but I just feel like how do you facilitate Hopkins without offering the second round pick or maybe even a third? to get something like that done or, or does it entail a player would arizona be interested in adding another wide receiver and return a young wide receiver bar injury i don't think he would need even obj or hopkins to kind of pay towards his skills so he's a tremendous wide receiver as by, by himself so i think it's gonna be interesting to see if they keep all three lamar bless man we had a little bit more knucklehead news if you will this week one thing i didn't even realize was a rules violation but a couple of Detroit wide receivers, Jamison Williams, the most notable, Quintez Cephas, he's been around for a little while, hadn't really caught on, Stanley Berryhill as well. And then I want to say there was a guy from the Commanders as well, a couple six-game suspensions, and I'm not sure what Quintez ended up with, but he ended up getting cut by Detroit. They said that they weren't actually betting on NFL games. They used, I guess, the internet within the team's facility to bet on a college game, if I'm not mistaken. And that's still a violation. I'm sorry at this point that the NFL needs to kind of get off off of this pulpit and just kind of let it fade into the background. You're at the point now where you're going to be making games or gambling available within stadiums, within games. And just because I used your internet, essentially, and Hmm. bet on a game that has nothing to do with our game, I don't see how that is tantamount to breaking any time. Well, I won't say I don't see how it's not tantamount to breaking the rule. I'll say I don't see why it's a rule that I can't use my wireless device to bet on a college game or whatever else just because I'm inside of a building. That's kind of far out there with the stretches, uh, the leaps and bounds that the league has grown with the gambling community over the last few years. But luckily it wasn't the the no-nonsense, you broke the gambling rule, you get a year no matter what. And I didn't realize that there were different gambling rules. I guess that's why I didn't know this existed, because the only gambling rule I was familiar with is if you gamble, you get a minimum of a year. But that was always when looking at gambling on an NFL game, even if it was a year game that you were betting. This one kind of came out of nowhere for me. What do you guys think about it? It's silly. You go to any NFL game and what you see. Okay, I just want to make sure I wasn't tripping. Yeah, you go to any NFL game, you see advertisements of what? FanDuel, DraftKings, this day, make it Yo, It's a team in Vegas now. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all are sitting here making money and all these marketing dollars off gambling, but then you're gonna put your guys down for gambling. And like again, it's a college game. A game has nothing to do with your game. So let me get this straight. So if he was betting on a hockey game, he still got suspended. Correct. Only because it's in the <laughs> facility. Like, Correct. Like this is a geofence. Like you can't bet on this side of the street. Get out Correct. Of here, <laughs> that, Come on, that's man. basically what it is. Yeah. yeah it's, it's Cause that's the only way they could have found out. Like, like in that, that also should let you know that you shouldn't be on the facilities. Wi-Fi. Just go ahead and get that good unlimited plan. I'm sure you already got it. Just use your unlimited plan. Cause that's ridiculous. obviously they, they, they tracking y'all <laughs> like that's, that's crazy because I bet on a completely 
I would even I would even label it as a different sport. College football, NFL football, it's not the same game. It's no different than if if you played basketball and you bet on a baseball game. Nuts to me that you can get suspended for that. But at least now you know. I, I don't know if that ever came up in symposiums before. I don't think anyone's, to my knowledge, within my football watching lifetime has ever gotten suspended for betting on another sport. There you go with that. A few other wide receivers got their either fifth year option or an extension worked out. Now, T. Higgins was present for voluntary workouts. He's still trying to get a contract done. He wants to be one of the highest paid receivers. And I can see why, for my money, if he wasn't on a team with Chase, he would be one of the top wide receivers. It's just a matter of not enough targets to go around to make him that guy. But you see it week in and week out. Jefferson. They picked up his fifth-year option, the Vikings did. And then um, C.D. Lamb, his fifth-year option was picked up. You also had Allen Robinson rework his contract. So he reworked his contract to decrease the base amount of his deal to $1.2 million. Basically, it'll free up some money for Pittsburgh. Uh, they, they're kind of trying to work a few things out to get that cap just right. I could see them possibly going at the, a couple of veterans that may be discarded for younger rookies that uh, will be drafted in the next couple of days. But that pretty much wraps up the news. Did I miss anything that you guys saw this week that's worth talking about to the fantasy community? Um, Y'all dabbled on it to it, but um, I mean, Dalvin Cook did come out and say the destination he want to go is Miami, which I've pretty much been hitting the table on that for a while now. So that's one thing. We don't really have to go in depth about it, but that looked like it's something that could very well be happen as well during draft day. There's going to be a lot of moves, I think, this draft. That does it for your news. Let's go ahead and maximize your rookie and dynasty drafts. All right, good people. So now is the time of year where you're going to be having a lot of your rookie and dynasty drafts uh, for those that kind of hold off a little bit on their dynasty and rookie dynasty drafts. You're still going to have a pick me up, if you will, in activity as far as those trades are concerned. So we want to make sure that you are prepared and kind of have an idea of what to expect, especially if it's your first year. And then just a few reminders as it pertains uh, to those that are vets. So we're going to talk a little bit about best practices as far as rookie drafts and as far as dynasty this time of year is considered. So the first topic of conversation, we want to talk about trading picks. One of the things that tends to happen around this time of year is the value for picks tends to increase based on news being currency. And what I mean by news being currency is the rookies are going to be taking center stage. So that's going to be in the mind's eye of all of those that have access to picks that may be able to get some of these rookies that are being highly touted on their team. So you're going to be able to, in some cases, maybe get picks that are going to be at a value based on who you know is going to be available to you. And then on other cases, you may already have picks and you may be able to move those picks for veteran players and get a little bit more value there as in comparison to what you hope to get from your rookies in the in this coming year and years to come. The first thing I want to get the opinion of the guys about is trading draft picks. What are your strategies for straight trading draft picks? What do you look for? Does it depend on the year? As far as like this year, it seems like there's a much deeper draft pool. So do you want to go far and wide? versus early and often. Maybe someone may have several back end firsts or several seconds versus having a high end first, which is what you would normally look for. Be a little bit more sure that there aren't going to be bust within your ranks. But what are you guys doing as far as figuring out the value within trading picks? What are you staying away from? Well, hopefully you already got your picks in it, you know, in your in your bucket because right now it's going to be extremely hard to make a move with the draft being right here upon us because now people are getting more alert to these certain guys and names and things like that now. Like we've been talking about this thing for a while now and you should have had your picks together <laughs> and your guys together. But now that you're this close, it's going to be a lot more difficult. You, be, you may have to pay more of a premium now for these same draft picks that you could have got three weeks ago for nothing or maybe especially two months ago for nothing. This is one of those drafts. It's not really about the early. The first round picks, those are cool. Those are really cool. You got the notable guys, you know, the Bijans. If you quarterback needy, Stroud, Young, 
JSN. But after that, Gibbs, but after those guys, this thing gets kind of borderline even throughout the rest of the draft. Like, this is one of those long and wide things you just spoke of. Like, in our league of, of choice, um, went the route of gathering a lot of thirds, a lot of late seconds, because this is a draft that's going to be, there's so much talent in this draft. It's everywhere. You know what I mean? So, my, my thing is, uh, third round picks are kind of looked down upon, doesn't like much value. So my advice would be you take those guys that you have, like um, a Devontae Parker or some somebody with a, a pretty decent decent value. Someone would see him as more valuable than a third-round pick, per se. So I like to move guys of that nature. But those names, like pretty decent, uh, you know, middle-of-the-road kind of guys. They're probably 27, 20 years old at receiver. Go ahead and get some third-round picks for them. In this draft, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not sure about any other draft, but as of right now, those are some good guys to move. Maybe a Corey Davis. You probably can get a third for him, you know, to a guy that may need a wide receiver on his team. Because a lot of people will see they're all about what they know already, right? I'm that same kind of guy as well. Like, I know what this guy brings, and I don't know what I'm going to give that third round pick. But in this draft, I'm telling you, there's going to be some guys that don't get drafted that's going to be a value. It's also it's good to definitely gather a lot of third round picks if you can. I know a lot of people are going to say things like, you know, the running backs approaching the age of 30, you want to start to move on them. And that could be true. But for guys like Derrick Henry, uh, nah, I'm keeping him. You know what I'm saying? I think you should keep a guy like that. Unless you get off, you can't refuse. And if somebody will give you a first round pick up in the top five picks or something, then of course you might want to take it. But certain guys like him, I think still has a higher value than your normal 30 year old running back. Now you mentioned something a little bit earlier. I want you to elaborate on a little bit. You said that based on where we are, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to get picks or they're going to cost a bit more. Now, let's talk about that side of things. What if you were the one that prepared and now you do have the picks and people are willing to pay more? How do you judge that side of the house? I know you were saying that you yeah. don't want to pay up too much if you were the one getting. Now, this is if you're the one selling. Right. How does that part? And this is where it gets good. Do not trade those picks before the draft. Don't do it. <laughs> See where these guys land, because this is this is what it's all about. Who lands where? That's going to that's going to pretty much uh, dictate the value of a lot of these guys. So go ahead and make your draft. Trade these guys after the draft. If anything, they become way more valuable now after the draft than before the draft. So it's like bro- broken down into three sections. When you say yeah. after the draft, you're talking right. about after the NFL after or the, after the a, after the NFL, yo, after after the NFL draft and after your rookie draft. Because so now, you're saying get the player and then right. trade the player versus trade bingo, the player. bingo. Gotcha. Okay. Because now, because gotcha. gotcha. now I got a name attached, and not only I got a name attached, I got a team attached, right? So say for instance, third round pick. Let's say for instance, a guy like the let's say the Eagles go a McBride. Right, they don't have any other running backs in their backfield. They didn't, they still got Scott and all these other guys. Miles Sanders gone, and they go pick a Dwayne McBride. This is a guy you get in your third round. Now, if I trade that third round pick, it's not as valuable right now. But knowing that it's Dwayne McBride and he's on the Eagles, and I have him on my team, he becomes extremely more valuable now because I have the name attached to the team. If that makes sense. So you definitely want to, if you have the picks now, hold them. Draft the players and trade the players because it becomes a lot more valuable now. So right now, it's going to be hard for you to get picks for this reason. That's why I say it's hard for you to get picks now because people are starting to know names and things like that. As we get close to the draft, people are really paying attention now. So go ahead. So for instance, our example, last year's example of the McBride would have been like a Brian Robinson. You mm. couldn't have gotten what Brian Robinson would be worth by trading a pick in second or third round pick. But because you drafted him, he immediately became worth a a first next year. People were willing to pay almost immediately because the name and the team that he went to. Look like like Allegier. Like an Allegier. Yeah, facts. You know what I'm saying? Same same boat. Yeah, you're right. His value is way more after than before. Facts. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Who knows what round Allegier went? Allegier probably was undrafted. Be, to be honest with you, in most in most dynasty drafts, unless you want those drafts that have five and six rounds or something like that, he might got picked in the fifth. But in most drafts, he probably went undrafted. But now the value of Allegier became more, as you know, okay, he's on the Falcons and they only have Patterson and, hmm, they're probably going to pass the baton. To, like, you had to put those pieces together. So go ahead and draft the actual players now. Hold your picks. Make the picks after your rookie draft. And now that you have the name attached to the team, now you'll know 
the value of these guys because wherever they land is going to really help you out a whole lot. There's so many guys that's not going to get drafted or you can pay me pick with your last and the pick, you know what I'm saying? Because you you got to run and beat these guys to the free agency. Because trust me, in your league, once the draft is over, guys are going to be high-tailing to the free agency list and grabbing guys because there's so much value in this in this draft. That's what I would do, me personally. What you think? I mean, Joe, he, he probably got a different um, perspective on it. But me, I'm holding the names of the guys because I know what team. They, like the Bing, let's say the Bengals, for instance. Another team. What they go get? Uh, what's my man from Pitt? Abaconda, whatever his name is. Yep. Okay. He he's a guy that's probably gonna go in your third round. You know how valuable he becomes now after the draft? Pfft, rocket. He's a rocket now. Again, people don't see that because it's a third round pick, so they think ah. But the guy that's holding that third round pick and he gets that name attached to that team and mixing gets cut. Now what are we talking about? Now we talking about this could possibly RB one that you got in your third round with a third round pick. So that's kind of how I, that's my take on it. I kind of evaluate the draft process from February to the draft. So I try to accrue my picks at first because I, I know that's the cheap. Everybody, then, you know, we still on what happened last year, right? So then I gra- grab as many as I can. And then I just evaluate, you know, like I, I come up with my list of guys, what, what I'm comfortable with, where I see people. Because at this point, news is everybody's friend. You could do all the evaluating. You could try to do whatever. But when people start seeing those headlines, to your point that you said earlier, they're going to start putting the name to the players, and that's when I sell high based on – depending on where I'm at at that point. So I had a lot of picks this year, and just based on how I spent time evaluating certain positions, I'm like, I can get a lot I can get a lot of veteran players, quality players, regardless of age or, or whatever, with great talent, and they'll still be better than what would be coming out in the draft. So I went to that part because I think, to your point, it is a lot of value in the second and third rounds. But it's relative value to your point. Like, you know, a lot of people are going to go by the ADP, the consensus, even the popular players, right? So by the time you get to the second and third round, you got to really know those guys. You kind of had to have done your homework to kind of put apples to oranges and say, to your point, like Israel is going to go to the Bengals in that situation. He's a stud. That You got to kind of have that homework and basis laid, laid right, down right. to take advantage of that value. So I agree with that. Another thing I'll say is know your league. 100% agree with Vander's point of view, but I'll give you another. In one dynasty league that I'm in, hope springs eternal. And most of the guys, especially when you're in a year one, year two dynasty, they really, especially if you're playing with people that maybe have not played dynasty before, those picks in that instance are actually worth more than the names that will come behind just because of the the hope that comes with the pick and people thinking for whatever reason that well because it's my pick i'm going to get it right no matter how often the actual nfl gets it wrong all of my draft picks are going to be excellent well you can use that sort of an attitude that sort of a point of view to your advantage as well a player like myself i'm almost on the opposite end I believe that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Give me the player that I know for sure will produce versus the hope of the guy that I can draft to do what I already know this other guy is already doing. So what tends to happen is people get impatient with their rookies anyway. And by week four or five, if that rookie isn't a stud, which we've been spoiled with the Jeffersons and the Chases of the world, we give them a month or so. I won't say we. They give them a month or so. And then it's like, well, I don't want this guy and I can't win with them. At that point, you may give up who was a bench guy on your team, but who's being consistent because you went with the bird in the hand approach. And you see, for instance, a Christian Watson last year. You could have easily traded if you saw it coming down the line, right? You could have traded a player like a, let's say like a Hunter Renfro type. You could trade that wide receiver for a Christian Watson straight up because the person didn't see what was coming down the pike. But if you had to ask them for pick 111, 112, they would have asked for much more than a Renfro type. I also look at veterans as being currency and don't just run to the waiver wire to look at rookies when the rookie draft is over, the first thing I'm running to the waiver wire to see is what vets were discarded because people had five, six, seven, eight picks. And now they just took a shotgun approach and have a whole bunch of rookies on their bench. 
and they had to let go some guys that they probably shouldn't let go. So there's both sides of the spectrum. And just depending on where your team is currently, if you have a dynasty that's already in play or what your approach to the draft itself is going to be, if you have a dynasty that's starting up, you can kind of use a little bit of each of our thought process as far as that's concerned to figure out what's going to work out best for you. Now, another topic that I wanted to hit as far as Dynasty and the rookie draft is concerned is the safe approach versus the no guts, no glory approach. So the safe approach would be, for instance, for me, I think there are a couple of guys that are team-proof to a certain extent. I don't think it matters where JSN goes. He's going to be a good slot receiver. I don't think it matters where Bijan goes. He's going to be a good running back. But is it better to take a decent amount of currency and have high draft picks for those safe guys in the draft? Or does, in this particular draft, does it make more sense to maybe if you have, let's say, let's say if you have pick three or four and you can make a trade for, you could trade pick three, let's say for pick 11, 12 in the first round and maybe picks three and four in the second round. So you're getting four picks for pick three. Because of the way this draft is set up, do you go with that spread approach or do you go the safe way? Because there's some guys right now that have been talked up by all three of us that you can probably get four of them versus getting the one guy that you feel, quote unquote, can't miss. But that guy would have been a couple of years ago, for example, CEH. So you would have taken that high rookie draft pick to get him as a running back, but it still didn't work out your way. And in that same draft, had you, you know, take that, taken that one high pick and kind of diversified it or divested a little bit, you would have had a lot more to work with in running backs that ended up being, you know, quite a bit better than him, just for instance. But how do you guys feel about that particular setup and thought process? I'm cool with that, but it really depends on what you currently have. Like you said, if you have a third pick, right, that's technically. In most drafts, that's probably going to be a quarterback, considering, you know, Bijan probably the overall overwhelming number one pick, and then it's going to be a little quarterback run from there. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, say, fans, you got some guys that are out here who, who have Hurts and Mahomes, or they got Mahomes and, and, and Burrow, or they got they already have their two quarterbacks that's already young, studs, mm-hmm. dictating the future, so why not? I'm okay with taking that third pick. But when you do, when you, I'm okay with trading it, but also look at the team that's trading with you. They're going to give you an idea, an indication of who they're going to take with that pick. If they want to get a quarterback with that pick and they're going to give you four other picks in this, in this draft and you could fill out some holes in some areas, I would take it. I would do it. It depends. You know what I'm saying? So it really depends on your need for the most part. I mean, if you need the pick, take it. But if you can maximize, you know, if you have a lot of holes in your team, I think that'd be a really good pick to move if that position is not already a hole in your own team. So basically, you need to have studs at quarterback to move that pick, in my opinion. Yeah, I like I like everything that you both said because I think it's really telling. I've learned to build value, and then, like you said, to both of your points, know when somebody, especially you, Van, when you said when you know somebody need a running back, and that's why they coming to you for the one hundred three, like or or for whatever position. That's my opportunity to get what I need out of them. It don't even got to be a pick; it could be a veteran player and pick whatever whatever makes sense. I think the thing is, is that a good thing, like I said, once it becomes news and we get to this part of the draft, everybody wants who they think is the guy. And that's where you as a as a, a owner or GM, however you, you know, you guys go by by the y'all leagues. That's when I just I take advantage of that. Like, oh, OK, you OK, you want Stroud, you want Bryce Young. Cool. I'll take a Herbert. Oh, trade back. did you say that you would trade CJ Stroud for Justin Herbert? Oh, yeah. I bet the hell you would. (laughs) What are are you talking about? Who wouldn't? That's that's not going to happen. Oh, it it happened only. But but you know what, though? So this is what I'll say. That would be one of those instances where the lure of having pick three becomes more valuable than the actuality of it. Because in all actuality, you're going to get Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Levis, Richardson, whoever your you know pick of the litter is, 
Tars who may be left. But what the, the true value of the situation is, is someone would be more willing to trade a Herbert or something like that for a pick three versus once you've picked a CJ Stroud or a Levis or whoever saying, hey, I'll trade you Herbert straight, or I'll trade you CJ Stroud straight up for Herbert. I'd be like, get the hell out of here. But something about the unknown makes people right. value that situation a little bit more and my personal experience. So in that perspective, if you're trying to go big game, honey, I think the pick itself becomes more valuable than the name that comes after it. Because in that instance, it's just another player in a particular position that now goes from this could be a lottery ticket that I hit the jackpot on to, well, until you show me something, you're just another guy. Think about the um, the draft where Trevor Lawrence and Fields were both there, right? A lot of people were going crazy to get picks. But then as soon as the draft was over, it's like, oh, okay, I value them as a QB too. But you were giving up a redonkulous amount of assets to get the pick. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand your league. Pay attention to what people say. People will tell you how to sell them if you just pay attention. The things that people post, it's most likely what's near and dear to their heart. So if you see someone posting about, you know, rookies a lot, they're probably be someone that, that's valuing picks because they're they're more likely to want the guys that they're posting about. If you see someone posting about, hey, this is going on with this vet, they may go there, and this is going on with that team. That person may be kind of keeping their eye more so abreast to you know that bird in the hand versus the two in the bush type of a situation. Always pay attention and throw out little feelers to see how everyone values. Because I have one league where picks are pick of the litter, then I have another league where picks are like the plague and people don't want to be the one to make the mistake. So they're more than willing to ship off the picks for a guy that they know that they can plug and play. You just have to know how to find the value in your league and maximize whichever ebb or flow your league goes in. You should kind of be able to be you know, a chameleon and kind of blend into whatever situation there is. That's why we talk about a lot of different strategies, just depending on where you may be. Someone like myself, Vander, I'm not sure if you've done this before yet, um, Joe, but we've taken over a team in Dynasty that we had nothing to do with the current composition of. So based on what you were dealt, the cards you were dealt, you may have to go heavy draft or you may have a lot of bets that you're in a position that you can do what Vander was saying and get those seconds, get those thirds. You may have a decent-sized taxi squad, decent-sized bench, and you can kind of fill out, for instance, a Damian Pierce winning the second round. If that was one of the guys that you got by taking a spread approach and having a lot of draft picks, that guy immediately became worth a first-round draft pick for the following year, or you could have traded him for much more or kept him. There's a lot of situations where just depending on the makeup of your team, it'll kind of give you the the best direction to go in. But you kind of need to be aware of all the various approaches. What else do you guys have as far as reminders, best practices, things to avoid as far as the rookie or dynasty draft is concerned as we approach draft season? Looking at this draft, like I said, this is a deep draft. I think you should take advantage of just drafting guys to trade. Uh, this is a good time to do that. Drafting need is good, but some of y'all guys' teams out there, you don't really need much. You have your draft picks. Your team is pretty decent. You can compete for the championship right now. Take that time to take these rookies and take these picks and, and use it for more draft capital. Well, for maybe future, because they got some studs coming up next year. You can take some of these guys and maybe flip them for first-round picks for next year. You got some of the, the God-tier guys coming around next year at quarterback. Also, sometimes you may want to sell today for tomorrow, if that makes sense. Also, just, just draft not only for your need, for others' needs. You know what I mean? Because like I said before, right, the, the safe fence is you're, you're pretty much loaded at your running back position. And like the the the, the Izzy, the guy, the safe fence, like I said, uh, the Bengals. Not, I didn't hear anything yet. I'm just saying, for instance, a team that could very well be looking for a running back. And you draft this guy. He now becomes extremely valuable for you. You probably can flip him into a guy that you already know to, to be more productive because he's young. You probably could turn him to a Dalvin Cook. You just never know. You know what I'm saying? You probably could turn him into uh, an A.J. Dillon or anything at this point because people are going to be thinking, this guy could be the starter over here versus you saying, hey, well, trade me for a guy I know the production he brings to the table. 
and he's old. So you could sell the age for the young starter, starter. This guy's younger. Somebody might buy it. So I think a lot of times you it's going to take these rookies and sell them to other guys for veterans, like you said before. Uh, but it may not be a guy that you need. So basically draft for trade, not necessarily for the need of your own team. Don't be too consumed by the draft. I think that's one thing people do a lot, right? Because we haven't had football for a, long, for a little while. We, you know, Again, it's the first crack at doing something pertaining to our team. It's a big process. Like Zay was saying, and like Vander says a lot of times, like you can think you have the right pick and everything like that, but just like uh, Zay just said, how the NFL works, not everybody gets it right. So I think you really just got to hone on building a team and filling out your team as best as possible. And then the draft is just like the caveat, so to speak, because either strategy works where you can just draft the player and then sell it or draft the or take the pick and then move it for a player and it's more flexible because the higher a draft pick especially when when you um when it's yours it's nothing right it's free but when you invest the time into these picks and players are you going to get all these players right to what everybody's saying you know like are especially if, if you're going off the prominent names these people are going to situations with a lot of variables we love Bijan but if Bijan goes to the wrong team then what if he's in a carousel, he's in a committee, then what happens to his variable? You know, his his value. If Jason goes to a place and it's and it's Tennessee, are we gonna be happy with him going, you know, Derrick Henry still there for the time being, taking the ball 30 times? I always play even kill. Like I always feel comfortable with mitigating as much risk, but then if I feel as though a player is worth it and it's and use your own eye eyeball test. I think that's the other thing too, is like everybody gets with Kuiper and everybody else says and what news is saying, but we all see, you know, we can all use our own eyes and see what's what. And also we'll see that then that's gonna lead to the other part where it's like, don't be too zealous about one guy because you might look at the 40 combine and YouTube and then you fall in love with somebody. Just treat it like a business. Like that's the good thing about being an owner. We all own we got our own perspective. We all see football differently. But don't be too obsessed with players because I think that's the downfall too because we put too much expectations on a player and we don't know what they're going to do relative to the NFL. And then lastly, what I would say is it's a lot of value after the draft. Like, you know, like in because what's going to happen is obviously the nostalgia is within the draft, but then you got OTAs, you got mini camps. And this is those are opportunities after the draft to start getting – a feel for what players are doing, how well players are doing with their team, um, and then players who 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 are trying to latch on to the team. Like look at Jalen Warren, you know, it was obviously an opportunity there because of Najee and just you know him getting a ball every now and then. But if you follow OTAs, mini camps, preseason, you just can see that it was a role for Jalen uh, Warren, and he's free. You didn't have to pay nothing for him. Same how it's been with Elijah Mitchell and James Robinson is just like have an eye even after the draft to kind of, you know, see those names that went to situations that they could stand out. Even a Damian Pierce, like, you know, it was one of those situations that if you followed the combine, you kind of looked at him and evaluated what kind of player he was. He was near free. You know, I took him earlier than most people, but it's just one of the things. All right, he, he can likely be the guy there in, in ten, you know, in Houston. I'm not going to let him get past me. I'm going to take him right then and there. So I just think the draft is a big part of the next step. But fill out your team, come up with your own strategy, and, you know, play either game, either using your picks for players or players for picks, but or even like Vander saying, look towards next year. That's that's a, a good one too. Don't get too caught up in the draft because a lot of what you will see tomorrow and that hype and that energy that doesn't translate to wins relative to fantasy. So just stay grounded and keep you know trying to find the best value and trying to make trades happen. One thing I want to add real quick, and this is a better breakdown for you guys that's going to be drafting, is knowing personnel, knowing teams things like that, knowing the team that they have currently in the positions. That's going to be the more telltale sign. It's cool, like 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 Joe said, you can go out here and draft guys you don't know who they're going to maybe turn into, but at the same time, as far as a little cheat sheet, you need to be paying attention. If the Bills draft a running back, you might want to pay attention. If the Bengals draft a running back, you might want to pay attention. If the Cowboys draft a running back, you might want to pay attention. You know, if the Chiefs Happen to grab one, you might want to pick. It's certain teams out here that the way their team is currently constructed, maybe even the Cleveland Browns, 
you might want to pay attention. There's certain teams, the way the team is currently constructed, where guys may be let go, traded, moved, and they're going to fill positions in. If the Raiders draft a running back, you might want to pay attention because we don't know if uh, Jacob's going to show up. You just don't know. So if they go draft uh, a Hull or they go draft Roshan Johnson, you might want to fucking draft Roshan Johnson. Like <laughs> You might want to pay attention. So a lot of times it's just knowing the team that the way it's currently constructed, those are the guys that going to be the more close. There's no such thing as a can't miss guy. But those are going to be the guys that's Thanks. more closer to can't miss than you just going out here just drafting guys. Like really pay attention to where guys land. That's what I'm saying. Like the way these guys land is going to really make these guys more valuable. Like I said, the Raiders, so, uh, Minnesota, facts, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They go, yeah. they go grab a running back. You might want to pay attention. In <laughs> Minnesota, is probably have to gonna grab a running back if they're gonna let go Cook, which right. they basically said they're either gonna trade him or cut him at this point. So again, if yeah. the if the New England Patriots if the New England Patriots draft running back, don't go get him. You know what I'm saying? It's like like no no the team like there's there's not a hurry to go out and get him. You know what I'm saying? This is not might not be the most valuable guy to go get at the time, but there's a lot of teams that's missing certain pieces, and they if they make a an effort to go grab these guys. You definitely want to be the one paying attention, getting these guys, because these could be the guys that can jump right in the starting position or injury away from being the guy. Tennessee Titans, pay attention. If they go draft a running back, you might want to get that dude. <laughs> if it's Sean Tucker go to the Titans, you might want to pay attention. Chase Brown, you might want to pay attention. This is Bigsby, you might want to go grab him because Derrick Henry's already been conversations of him moving. You might want to go grab him. So pay attention to the, the team, not only the teams that they land at, but also the way the depth chart is constructed of those current teams. And that's going to be more of a telling sign of who you may want to pick on your squad. One last thing I wanted to put out there, actually a couple of things. First, 2024 first will be at a discount all week long after the draft. People are going to be more interested in names that they just saw, teams yeah. that were moving and shaking, you're going to be able to get bets off based on that being more exciting about the direction that that team is going more so than the person will be looking forward to 2024 right now. It's going to be a good time to go after that. The other thing that I want to put out there, as of right now, unless you have a larger taxi squad or only you only have like one or two draft picks, you're probably going to be in a situation where you have to figure out which vets to drop. This is what I need you to do. Versus just picking and choosing a vet to drop before you do that, attempt to trade that vet or someone else that you feel may have equal value. You're better off doing that and getting a future pick versus just dropping an asset because you have to make your roster valid. Attempt to get something out of everything that you have versus just, you know, I kept turning down all of these trades, but now the very dudes that I was refusing to trade, I'm about to drop. That makes zero sense. You didn't feel that you were getting the value that was necessary for the vet, but now you're about to drop the vet. Make it make sense. I've literally seen this happen in several leagues. Like now is not the time to be stingy. Now is the time that you want to make moves and get assets that are movable depending on situations. Cause you might be able to have several lottery tickets versus just having something that's stagnant that isn't going to increase or decrease it just is what it is maybe someone else will be more interested in that but you can recover if it ends up being a dud or you can maximize on it based on having plenty of time to be able to share that gym with others once it kind of turns into what you saw it being that's something else that you want to take a look at especially during this time of the year and above all just have fun you guys have any uh, parting words Man, good luck. Hopefully, you've been kind of paying attention <laughs> the last couple of shows. But again, I, I can't, I can't say it enough. Pay attention to some some of these teams draft picks. I think the first round is cool to watch. You know, that's fine. But that second and third round, those gonna be like the real, not the, the real NFL draft. Now, when you start seeing guys moving, those gonna be some some telltale rounds right there. Yeah, that Friday night for me yeah. is the best part of the draft for like, sure. Like you really want to pay attention. Again, if you see Tampa Bay draft a quarterback, pay attention. If you see Tampa Bay draft a running back, you might want to pay attention because I know they're saying Rashad White maybe be the guy, but you know a lot of these guys are going to job are going to be they go, it's going they going to fight for it. You know what I'm saying? If you see the Commanders draft a quarterback in the third round, second round, those are early rounds. If you see them take one, you might want to look at that guy. 
You know what I'm saying? Because what round these guys are taking it and what team they go to and these teams that have some particular needs, just pay attention. That's all I could tell you. These could be your starters. These could be the guys that win you some games. New Orleans Saints. You know, I could just name a couple teams. If they draft a running back, pay attention. Hell, the Chargers. There's been some news with Eckler. You never know what's going to happen with him. If they draft a running back in the high rounds, pay attention. Because these could very well be the starters of tomorrow. And you want to have these are the guys that you want to use that second and third round picks in your league on. And once time passed, they become a lot more valuable to move or you got them. Even if you don't watch the draft on Thursday, you could always see like players to watch, like NFL, ESPN, everybody always have who's the best available. So you can always keep track on your off days, like going into Saturday, because to your point, second and third round is really going to be where a lot of magic happens. But then when we get to the fourth and fifth rounds, it's sometimes still a ton of value. Looking at um, deep positions across the board, even on defense. So a lot of these players are going to get pushed even further uh, into later rounds of the draft. So if you're unable to watch the draft, you're not currently watching it, you can always just see like what's best available. And what I like how NFL does is that, that they'll go ahead and have a whole profile on this guy. You know, and include every or the entire list. You can click each individual player and learn right then and there more somewhat about them, get a, a gauge of whoever it is, and then relativity. Like the further someone goes back, but you know it's still a priority to a team, you st- it's still that added incentive of just being aware because most ADPs for wherever you're drafting is only going to focus on the main guys. And the value is is knowing who to take before, who's better than whoever they got projected. Just use that to your advantage. Even if you're not watching the draft, you can always see who's the best available after Thursday, after Friday. And, you know, the rounds get shorter and shorter, so you might you still might be watching it, but at least you have another way of just knowing who went where. Or just use a draft tracker. Just keep looking and just keep note of where your guys go that you might be interested in. And that about does it for this week. Next week, we'll be talking about risers and fathers based on where they ended up. We'll kind of go from there. But for today, we out.